Welcome to Emotional Savvy, the Relationship Help Show. I'm Dr. Roberta Shaler. If you're ready to increase your confidence in conversations and conflict, deepen your self-awareness, expand your connectedness, and enrich your relationship with yourself and other humans you care about, and even those you wish you didn't, you're in the right place. Enjoy today's episode. Good morning and welcome to Emotional Savvy or good afternoon or good evening, whatever time you're listening to this. I'm so glad that you're here getting some emotional savvy, some really understanding of what to do in relationships with other people, relationship with yourself, how to deal with your emotions. All these things are valuable. And when you work on it, you demonstrate that you matter to yourself. So I'm just delighted that you're here. I hope you'll listen to other other parts and other episodes of what I've offered here in Emotional Savvy. And today I want to talk to you about a principle that happens uh, and a way people relate to you that make you second guess yourself all the time. Now, you know, I'm always talking about my term hijackles, and that's my term for the difficult, toxic, often disturbing people and behaviors that come your way. And these are people who want to have power over you, to control you, to manipulate you. And so one of the techniques that they use, and I want you to just think about whether this has ever happened to you, is what we call gaslighting. And it's a tactic to gain control over you. It, it makes you question your sanity. It makes you second-guess yourself. And that gets you on the run. And the hijackal or the manipulative, toxic person is delighted when you're on the run because that means they have power. And whether or not they're a hijackal, they could be a dictator, they could be uh, a cult leader, they could be anybody in your life who wants to tell you that what you're experiencing or what you have experienced, what you feel or what you have felt is not valid, that they know you better than, they, than you think you know yourself. Now, you know that's not true, right? You know yourself. And if you don't think you know yourself, spend more time with yourself and figure it out. But if somebody from the outside is telling you what you think and what you feel, or even what you should think and you should feel, then it's time to really understand that there may be gaslighting going on. And one of the things that gaslighters do is they just simply tell lies, straight out tell lies. I know, you don't even want to believe it. Like, really? Because we're, we're good people. We don't want to believe people are lying to us. But they just tell lies. And after a while, you realize that's their way. That's what they do. And that's a way to gaslight. They say the opposite of what it is. They lie. Or they deny everything that they ever said, even when you have proof. Haven't you heard people in the news who are played a clip of something that they said another day and then when the person asks them well why did you say that they say i never said that like you're just incredulous of course you said that i heard you say that i watched you say that and now you're saying you didn't say that that's gaslighting 
And if they can't get to you that way, they will use the people around you. They will lie to the children. They will say you should never have had children. They, they just use that as, as ammunition. They, they, they weaponize your children and say they're going to turn them against you because they try to tell them lies, and that's what we call parental alienation. And that's all part of the gaslighting business as well. Nasty truly nasty but we have to wake up and smell the herbal tea and say ah that's gaslighting i'm not buying that as soon as i have that feeling within me that i was sure what i said and what i experienced and what i remember is accurate and now you're telling me you remember it differently i'm going to trust me not you that's a big deal because if you don't they're going to wear you down you just get tired of being lied to. You get tired of somebody telling you that your life is not the way you remember it or think of it. And you just begin to say, oh, well, whatever. And in some cases, you'll even give in to that person. And, you know, it's a bit like that old urban myth that you put all the frogs in a pot of cold water and you slowly turn up the heat. Well, that's what happens. They just tell you these lies. They gaslight you. They gaslight you. And then all of a sudden, you're kind of cooked. You're, you're worn down. You just don't have any fight left in you. And so it's like, whatever. No, never let it get to the whatever stage. Get up and say, no, you don't have to yell. You don't have to be angry. You don't have to anything. Just internally and out your mouth say, no, that's not the way I believe it happened. Or no, you're not me. You don't know what I think and feel. Powerful things to do. Say, no, you're not me. You don't know what I think and feel. Could you do that? Because that's a great beginning for you. And another thing that gaslighters do is they do one thing and say another. So if that's happening, they tell you that you should be loyal. You should be loyal. You should be loyal. And they're never loyal to you. Gaslighting. Watch for it. Because what happens is you get worn down, as I said, and then you kind of get a little hazy and you don't see it clearly. So you got to pop up and say, no, I'm not going to let this happen to me. And every now and again, what a gaslighter will do, hijackle or not, mostly are hijackles, every now and again, they'll kind of throw in, uh, oh, you know, I really do like you. I really love you. And then you go, what? Like yesterday I was all the worst thing, scum of the earth. And now in this moment, you're telling me that you actually like me, that you're glad that I'm here. That makes a real head shaker, isn't it? And when that happens, they've got you if you believe them. Because now all of a sudden you go, ah, oh, that wonderful person that I thought was in there is there. And you hold on to that little bit and you forget the great heaping pile of things that were not true that were lies and manipulations and ways to gaslight you. And you know why they do it? Because it'll confuse you. And if you're confused, then you won't be able to think straight. And when you don't think straight, they're going to ask you to do or say something, and then you're going to agree, and then you're going to wonder, why did I do that? But they got you in that state of confusion, and that's just where they want you. And of course... Whatever they don't like about themselves, they'll say is you. You have those traits. That's called projection. They just tell you that, oh, no, you don't really understand things, do you? Or you lie. They'll tell you that. Meanwhile, they're lying, and they project that on you. 
And then they have this wonderful way of going to your family and friends and coworkers and everything and spreading a little, what we call a smear campaign about you. They try to get other people lined up against you. And then that is a horrible thing because you're already a little foggy, a little hazy. You're a little confused. You're questioning your sanity and you're second guessing everything that you do. And then five or six people say, yeah, you do that. And it's only because the hijackal, the gaslighter, went behind your back and, and told them all these things and persuaded them to, and manipulated them to come over to their side. And so, you know, basically they're saying to other people, okay, don't mind her, she's nuts. But that's not true, and don't you be believing it. Because we're going to be talking about these things more and more, other aspects of hijackals. If you want to learn all these things, I made a program for you, a course, an online course, where you can study all this on your own. It's called Seeing the Cycles. Just go to my website, forrelationshiphelp.com, click on books and programs, and you'll see it in there, Seeing the Cycles. You can study it. You can watch the videos over and over, read the articles, do the questions, do the self-reflection, and get yourself with your head on straight. Like, Oh, it's not me. It's them. They're gaslighting. So a big, big important thing to understand. And it won't happen overnight. You won't automatically see every time someone gaslights you, but you will see it more and more quickly and closer to the moment that it's happening. And it's absolutely important for you to be doing that. So I'm so glad you're here at Emotional Savvy because there are lots of tips and tricks and strategies and insights for you. Also, you can go over to binge-tv-networks.tv or .com and find Emotional Savvy as a television show for your smartphone, your iPhone, and Roku. So many networks, 50 different networks. You can see Emotional Savvy, the relationship help show, on your TV. So glad you're here. Stay tuned. Come back. Tell your friends, and most of all, go and visit forrelationshiphelp.com. Sign up for my newsletter there, and let's stay in touch and stay tuned. Talk soon. Hello, and welcome to Emotional Savvy, the Relationship Help Show. I'm Dr. Roberta Shaler, the Relationship Help Doctor, and I'm here with my guest today, Tracy Malone. Welcome to the program, Tracy. Thank you so much for having me. It's so exciting that we can talk about experience today, because sometimes we have experts who have spent their life studying these things. Sometimes we have people who have experienced these things, and sometimes we have people who have done both. <laughs> so it's fun to talk about. So let me tell people a little bit about you and the traumatic event that kind of changed your life, including being thoughtlessly discarded by your partner, which is mm -hmm. the hijackal move, right? Yes, it was. And it thrust you into a downward spiral, and you sought the answer to, why me? Now, there's a question every one of us has asked ourselves, why me? So she discovered she'd been the victim of narcissistic abuse her whole life. What a surprise. Once you begin to realize it, they fall like dominoes, don't they? Yes. So mother, sister's husband, and his whole family, and an abusive boyfriend. So the whole cadre, or as Zorba the Greek said, the whole catastrophe. <laughs> <laughs>
Yeah, so tell us a little bit about that came to light for you. What was the moment when you finally went, whoa, I think there's something that is really wrong here? Well, I had gone through a pretty horrific divorce, came out of nowhere, um, been married for 10 years, didn't really understand this divorcing war that I was, uh, you know, apparently in. Um, my in-laws were coming to every single of the seven trials and um, across the country and, and just making up things every time. And in the end, the um, judge said it was the most horrific and tortured divorce in our town's history. But I still didn't really understand. I just was like, who are these people? Why are they doing this? I don't understand. And And I was still in that that whirlwind of divorce. Like I just moved out of my marital home into my first apartment I'd ever been in. My son was leaving for college in a month. I was going to be an empty, empty nester. And friends introduced me to a man on my birthday. And I had had seven jello shots. I'm just saying that for the record. <laughs> it was a good party. And I was taking back my birthday from the divorce. I was, I was liberating myself. And I met him and um, started dating him pretty quickly. And all my friends that knew him said he had had a horrible divorce. He cried all the time. He was just such a good guy that had a terrible wife. And she was abusing him still. And, and I, I believed him because, well, that just happened to me. So here's like a soulmate made in heaven. Like, oh my God, we had the same thing. You had a, you know, crazy divorce. I had a crazy divorce. And he love bombed me. And I didn't know what that was called. Um, just swept me off my feet. And in two years, two and a half years, we went up and down. I broke up with him about four times because he wouldn't treat me right. But then he would come, now knowing the word, hoovering back, and I would take him back. The one thing that we discussed, and I, I didn't really ever understand why we discussed this, he would come over and he would say, this is exclusive, you and me. And if either one of us at any point decide that we want to date someone else, then this is over because it's for safety reasons. And I just was like, but you told me that like two days ago. Like, why are you saying this? Like, he was telling me right there that he was cheating and I didn't even know it. Right. But this reinforcement that he had to come over and pronounce himself the Eagle Scout. And I believed him. And I found out that he'd been with someone um, right about our two and a half years. He'd been with someone for six months. And I got mad. He tried to come back. I said no. And then in a few months time, I decided, okay, I'll forgive him. I don't want him back. But, you know, I didn't really understand forgiveness then. Um, like I shouldn't have tried to tell him. But I went to his house to forgive him. And the girl I called door number three was there. New girlfriend, new supply. And he did not want us to meet. And he just went really very ballistic on me, of course, calling me crazy. And I was like, crazy for what? Like, none of this made sense. But he couldn't have me talk to that girl. So he called the police and had me arrested. 
Wow. Uh, that is a big wow, because that's a huge leap. Like, And it's not unlike a hijackal, because a hijackal, one of the hallmarks of hijackals are that they have poorly managed and out of control emotions. Mm -hmm. So their responses to things are like zero to 70 in a mm -hmm. second sometimes, but that's going a long way because he's running a risk of calling the police and he is so grandiose that at that moment, he doesn't think that you could have anything to say that would negate why he was calling the police. That is just such an example of grandiose behavior, isn't it? Oh, totally. And, and even in calling the police, he lied. He actually made things up. And on top of lying, like I was talking to his son when he got home, he was not there. And then he came home and parked on the road and he had me come to the garage. He walked into that garage with a recording device on and then spent two weeks editing it to modify the story that he told the police that he asked me to leave seven times. But the odd thing about the conversation was it, it wasn't the, it wasn't what happened. I'm like asking my lawyer and the police going, where's the part about him giving three people HPV and where's the part about his son trying to kill him at suicide? All of this is scraped out and you just have someone saying, Tracy, I want you to leave. <laughs> it was so bizarre. And the courts didn't believe me. The police didn't believe me. Um, the police actually, when I, said this isn't real and he's tampered with evidence they said we'll go ask him oh dear and they did and they called me back and said sorry he didn't change it so the, the whole thing was i landed in jail for 24 hours and it was the worst 24 hours of my life because i am a people pleasing i don't do things wrong i'm the one who helps people it didn't, it didn't make sense. So when I got out, someone said, he's gaslighting you. And I looked it up and it unfolded my entire life right there. Explained it all. Yeah. So why don't you share what you know about gaslighting? And then I will have a few things to say too. Okay. So um, gaslighting is, is when they try to convince you of something that is in their heads. So they are usually doing this to trick you. Um, to think that you're crazy. And they really try to convince you that whatever it is that they've said is the truth and you believe it incorrectly. Well said. And the whole idea is we have, you know, I have a product called Seeing the Cycles, Recognizing, Realizing, Recovering from the Traits and Patterns and Cycles of Hijackals. That's my word for these folks and everybody knows that. So in those hallmarks, one of them, and the first one, because it is their primary way of being in the world, is they must win. Mm -hmm. And what you're describing is just such a straightforward example of I must win. Imagine having the desire to spend two weeks editing a tape to be right. Exactly. Right? Like no. the desire to win is so huge that I will give over my life to proving that I'm right, even though I am lying, exploiting, seducing, manipulating, and cheating. Mm -hmm. right? Exactly. So this is a really big piece because in gaslighting, 
all that you said was true. And there's another piece to that, which is that when I say I saw, when I define my reality, the hijackal says, no, you're quite wrong. You don't think that. You don't feel that. You did not experience that. That wasn't the way it was. Mm-hmm. And so you start to second guess yourself and question your sanity. And that's the purpose of gaslighting mm-hmm. is to get you on the run. Like, oh my, is it me? And you start shrinking. Oh, maybe it was me. Maybe I made a mistake. And mm-hmm. we get to those places that then pretty soon we are just like seven shot, sh- seven cello shots. <laughs> you know, <laughs> we, are, we are just done. Yeah. Done. Exactly. Yeah. So when we're being gaslit, it's really important to understand this concept. So I'm so glad that you brought it up because if somebody is telling you that what you remember is incorrect and that person is not your th- not a therapist, not someone that you have a reason to trust. It may be somebody that you know and like and maybe think you should trust, but that's a whole different matter. And it's really important to sit by yourself and say, what's real? Mm-hmm. No matter what that person says, what's real to me? And start mm-hmm. journaling that, no, this is what I remember. Mm-hmm. And, and be able to do that. So that's one little lesson that we can learn from your story. So let's go back to being put in jail for something you didn't do, had no intention of doing, didn't go to his house in order to do, and then being accused of doing. What were your thoughts while you were there? Um, I cried a lot. I, I sat there in a cognitive dissidence now way, knowing, thinking to myself, wait, I'm from Connecticut. You know, I'm a yacht club baby. You don't go to jail. I'm like, oh wait, Martha Stewart did. Wait, okay. <laughs> but I just sat there going, this isn't real. Um, I was afraid of everyone. I was, I was afraid of the toilet, you know, a foot and a half from my head and a roommate above me that was in there for a really long time and wouldn't tell me why. <laughs> I was like, what's she going to do to me? It was horrible. They shackled us with chains around our waist and made us walk just like you'd see in a movie. And I just sat there going, this man, I have loved him for two and a half years. What is this? I thought he must have felt really bad. Like this was a mistake. And when I get out, he's going to be there with open arms and say, I'm so sorry. That didn't happen. But um, I did um, have a silver lining to the whole story. That three, the third girl that was there, the door number three that was there the day of the arrest is now like my sister. And we are best friends and travel to Europe together this year. And she arrives next week. Um, And in sharing our experiences together, obviously he broke up with her shortly after this because she knew too much now and she was a danger. And so um, after we, we started to talk, we learned what, very few victims of abuse get to do it. And that is how chameleon these people are because the same person. And Oh, by the way, he'd been dating her for two years. 
of my two and a half. So that's why we couldn't talk. She's not the new girlfriend. I can't introduce you to my new girlfriend because she's been there the whole time. So um, just being able to see that the same person lying in two different ways, completely changing his life to satisfy what I was looking for and to satisfy what she was looking for. Um, it was very healing. Yes, and that's a remarkable experience that many people don't get. So that was cathartic for you, I'm sure. Mm. And I think you're bringing up something very important. You know, I put out a lot of memes, Tracy, and one of them is this beautifully colored chameleon. And it says, a hijackal will be your favorite color when you meet them. And soon after, we'll show you their true colors. I love that. And so this is, this is what's actually you describing what happened is when, when they're in the love bombing phase, they will be your soulmate. They will be the person who knows you most intimately. They are uh, anticipating your every move and whim and desire, and they're ahead of you, and you feel so cherished and wonderful. But then once they've gotcha, Mm -hmm. Life changes quite drastically. Then we get the deviousness. Then we get the manipulating and the lying and the cheating and the exploiting and the mysteriously being absent with <sighs> stories that don't quite gel, but you so want to believe them. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's very, very difficult. So as you worked with this um, door number three, uh, <laughs> and you learned these things, did you find great similarities as well in the underlying way that you treated, he treated each of you? Um, what we found, she's actually from Australia. So she had flown in here and, and been here several times while I babysat for his kid, just saying. That was the, that was the lowest. Um, but what we learned was that um, we had the same wine glasses. Literally, I have polka dot wine glasses. And she walked in and had a glass of wine and went, oh, my God. Um, our houses are decorated very similarly. Now, this is clear across the world. We have the same bathing suit. So in our similarity, we're both the same codependent, you know, people-pleasing, want-the-happy-ending girls. And um, it, it was so rewarding to see the difference that, we were and how similar we were and how he'd been pitting us against each other for a long time. Wow. Now my guest today is Tracy Malone and she has turned lemons into lemonade. We're going to hear about that more in a minute, but it's so important for us all to hear what she's saying because there are similarities among hijackals. There are patterns and traits and cycles. So imagine the joy of being able to actually sit down and talk to another willing prey. I don't like the term victim, Tracy. I don't use it. I say you were unwitting prey, mm. right? You didn't know like it was no. a predator. You mm -hmm. can't possibly know it's a predator until you've had the experience of predation. Mm -hmm. So we are unwitting prey nice. that... They come and they say, ah, live one here. And you put out a couple of the words, codependent, people-pleasing, turn yourself into a pretzel, make yourself into a doormat if necessary, anything because I love him and I hope he loves me. 
I'm sure he loves me. Oh, yeah, he has to love me. Meanwhile, there's a part of you that knows all the time. Does he? Not so sure. Oh, but he has to. And you keep convincing yourself, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or you keep thinking about how it was in the beginning and that you can get back there. Well, that's what they're counting on. Mm-hmm. Because when we have an experience, we kind of set something in stone in our head, like, all right, now I know this. You know, mm-hmm. it's, it's like what couples do. I do a lot of couples work. I work by video conferencing, so I have clients all over the world. So that tells me that couples all over the world are the same. And I say to them, you know, when you get married, many people do like they do in crime movies. They, the, the police come and they make a, an outline in black tape on the floor on the floor around the body so they can take the body away. But that, that outline is there. And then for the rest of your relationship, you, you keep saying, no, that's not you. You put your arm back in. That's, that's the shape you were in when I married you. And I want you back in that shape. Don't you be growing. Don't you stick an arm out or a leg out or try something different. You get back into who I know. And so we have this object constancy kind of thing that we want, like, no, that's who they are. No, that's who they are. No, no, they're very loving. He's just having a bad day. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? And so we come by that honestly. I want everybody to know that. that you were set up for this organically. Every single one of us. I was too. That's why I do this work. You are set up for it organically by the homes that we came from. And there's no escaping that. Mm-hmm. Now, occasionally we were set up by by being just we didn't experience a hijackal at home what we experienced was an unbalanced unhealthy way of being that was believing that absolutely inane phrase that i would like taken out of the english language give until it hurts that Mm -hmm. that's gotta go I mean, that is ridiculous. Um, But if we were raised that way, like, oh, no, just be kinder, be nicer, be more compassionate, you know, always making excuses and rationalizations and justifications for somebody's behavior, you are then hijackal prey. Mm -hmm. Right? But you made lemons out of lemonade. So talk to us about this fabulous thing that you've done. Well, um, I started um, a YouTube channel probably a few months into learning about um, narcissists, sociopaths, psychopaths, and hijackals. Um, I started learning about these behaviors, and I think that's the first place I had to learn, like to see the similarities between what he had done and the flags that I missed, the flags that I excused and then my ex-husband, and then my mother. So it was it was learning about them at first, and then learning about me and my vulnerabilities and, and what brought me to that part of my life. And I started making YouTubes, and I started a website that um, is called NarcissistAbuseSupport.com, and um, I gathered resources, resources for people who don't know where to turn, don't know that there are agencies within their state that they can get a little bit of free counseling or legal help. Just brighten the world and show them that these things are out there because if you're in an abusive relationship like this, you don't think that the National Domestic Violence Center has anything for you because he didn't hit you, 
Right. That's not true. There are services and, you know, to get people help was my goal. So I started doing that and meetups and a Facebook group and, and now I'm talking to you. <laughs> yes, you are. And that's because I, I really value what you're doing. You know, I have Facebook groups too, but it's an important resource for people to have a place where they can come and read five threads and go, oh, someone else experienced this. Mm-hmm. Someone else has gone through this. Oh, I can learn from their experience or I could just feel held by the, the group mm-hmm. to know that, you know, you weren't crazy. There's nothing wrong with you. Mm-hmm. And, and that's a huge thing. Because the hijackle makes a point, and hijackles, just to clarify, is my non-clinical trademark term for all the people who have all the traits that you would find in the psychological literature of sociopath, borderline, narcissist, psychopath, and uh, any avoidant personality disorder of any kind. Because when you go to the Google goddess and you put in what's happening to you, you have to remember the Google goddess doesn't have any credentials. Mm -hmm. So they spit back or she spits back uh, diagnoses of a clinical nature that can really trip you up. It can be a great thing because you say, ah, now I can read some literature and I know about it, but I want everybody to be careful that, that they're not saying, okay, now the problem's all theirs because they are a, right? Whatever. Yeah. Yeah. So I wanted a term that said, okay, we can talk about traits and patterns and cycles that they all share because all hijackles drink from the same pool of traits. So we can talk about that. So I know I'm part of your group. I know it and it's doing fabulous things for people. Um, And it's called that. So when you go on Facebook, you can find Narcissist Abuse Support group (laughs) it is quite straightforward you can't miss it yeah i i I just couldn't believe how fast it grew i managed it by myself till i had about two thousand people and now i have nine admins that um help me because i i would go crazy there's so much need and so much pain and um you know together the what i love about this community of healing people and people that are on this journey to heal is however they got their information, whether they listened to a podcast, watched a YouTube video, read a book, watched a movie, they want to give back. Mm-hmm. There's that we're, we're giving loving people. And so when a newbie comes into the group, you know, they're welcomed with the arms of all of the other people who have walked before, even if it was just a month before to encourage someone that, they're going to be okay and point them in the right direction when they have questions. And that's so important. You know, you have a group that is called a support group. My group is called Optimize Life. And why it's called that is because many of the people are still with their hijackles. Uh-huh. And hijackles like to browse your web history. Mm-hmm. And so I wanted a name that was so innocuous that someone would go, huh, oh, whatever, right? <laughs> <laughs> Um, But the point in there is that I actually respond to the questions that are there. Mm -hmm. They're coming there because they want my answers as opposed to 
you know, being satisfied oh. with the support. Right, right. And so I think it's so wonderful. And I always encourage people to belong to more than one group because there are always things happening. So again, mm-hmm. that's facebook.com slash narcissist abuse support. support. I hope. <laughs> I hope that's the group. We always hope that when we give a URL, don't we? Like, we hope we've got it right. Um, but giving back is wonderful. As long as you don't get caught again, I just want to put, and I don't mean you being you, Tracy, I mean people in general, because when you want, when you overgive, you can then get into the same cycle. Mm -hmm. And we want to watch ourselves that we keep ourselves in balance. Like, okay, I'm there for people, but do I have enough self-care? I can go and talk and ask questions, but I have to make sure that I'm with people who are also healthy and well-functioning. And Mm -hmm. and many times you have to leave people out of your life, don't you? Did you have to leave some folks behind beside the hijackals? Yeah, definitely. It was a very good clearing out and, um, I judge my friends differently now. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that's so important to look at that because subconsciously, like I said, you come by this all organically. So subconsciously, you are hijackal bait mm-hmm. when you start attracting them and they can almost sense it. It's like there's a hijackal pheromone or something, <laughs> you know, I, and I, I think that um, that sensing it means that people start to say, oh, she'll put up with that. Oh, she'll put up with that. Oh, I can stand on her shoulders or I can do this or I can treat her poorly and she'll take it. So they kind of get that vibe. And when you do look around, you find that, like you said, I mean, in your introduction, you said, you know, mother, sisters, husband, and his whole family and an abusive boyfriend. Mm -hmm. And I, I would, you know, in my case, it was mother father, his entire family, husband, uh, a second husband, and the whole family, and then a couple of boyfriends afterwards until I finally went, whoa, I think I know what the problem is because, you know, of course, I've been doing this work for a long time, Tracy, but I wanted help. I could see the problems and I could do it. I mean, after all, I have a doctorate in psychology. I knew something about this. But how did I help myself? And I would go to professionals and they didn't know. They didn't know what to do because they didn't see that kind of thing every day. Mm-hmm. Right? It's like sexual abuse. It wasn't kind of out of the closet 60 years ago. Right. Well, 30 years ago when I'm looking for help with this, it wasn't out of the closet either. No. So then I had to develop all of the materials and do all the work myself in bits and pieces. I'll go and do this piece here and that piece there and, and finally, you know, figure that all out. And there's always new things that are coming to light. There was, like I say, hijackles put tentacles around your soul. So some of those tentacles are really, really tiny, and you didn't even know they're there until all of a sudden you go, whoa, I had no idea that was there. Yeah, yeah. And, and, that, and that's the thing about growing up in a family of origin that had some hijackal behaviors is that you become numb to it. You know, if you're, you know, ghosting, 
you're, you, I was used to that. I was used to triangulation. I have two sisters and, and the, the fighting and the whole thing. I was used to that. I was used to being used as the um, keep it all together girl. And yet at the same time, always put down that they were smarter than I was because they had master's degrees and you'll never be anything. Well, they're both homeless and I have a business and I'm happy. <laughs> and so just hearing those recordings puts you into a relationship with I'm not good enough. And maybe I look at myself and, and when I think of my ex-husband, I, I didn't have the confidence to, um, to really believe that I was more than enough. So I was willing to do anything to make him happy and then he'll stay. I mean, in my mind, that's what I thought. And um, nothing could be further from the truth now that I know. And beyond then he'll stay is then he'll really love me like he did Mm. in the beginning. Remember that constancy that we, that first patterning that we had we want that back. We believe it's available to us. You have to remember, that's the front. That's, that's not real. Mm. Real is the back end when you're dealing with hijackals. Oh, yeah. Yes. So yeah. thank you so much for sharing your story with us today, Tracy. I really appreciate the depth you were willing to go for us. Thank you for having me. I really appreciate the opportunity to tell my story. And um, if my story can help just one person not feel alone, then I know that there was a reason above and beyond my own healing. So thank you for having me. Our guest today has been Tracy Malone, and she turned lemons into lemonade to use in tried and true phrase. She had horrible experiences, as you've just heard, and the learning was tremendous. And she didn't keep it there. She decided to help others. So be sure to go to NarcissistAbuseSupport.com, learn all about it there, and join her Facebook group by the same name, Narcissist Support. No, narcissist abuse support. Let's not forget that middle word. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, thanks so much, Tracy. And I'm Dr. Roberta Shaler. You're listening to Emotional Savvy, the Relationship Help Show. And be sure to go to Tracy's website, Abuse Support. Now I'm going to get it wrong again. (laughs) Narcissistabusesupport.com. And if you'd like to learn more about my work, go to forrelationshiphelp.com. And we uh, also invite you to look up our YouTube channels. We'll talk soon. And until then, keep smiling and working on your relationship with yourself so that you can have healthy relationships with others. Thanks for being here for today's episode of Emotional Savvy. If you want to deepen your emotional savvy, make shifts in your relationships, and enjoy life and relationships more, work with me, Dr. Roberta Shaler. Get my books, enjoy my courses, or work with me directly. You can do that by visiting 4relationshiphelp.com, F-O-R, relationship, H-E-L-P.com, and subscribe to Tips for Relationships now. Don't miss a thing. Be empowered this week with more emotional savvy.